Hello and welcome to the Global City Mission podcast. The podcast is hosted by Global City Mission Initiative. This is Seth Bouchel, GCMI's team leader in New York. And today we're going to be discussing the topic contextualization versus syncretism. So we actually introduced these two topics in our last podcast. And as we discussed there, contextualization and syncretism are pieces of missionary jargon that are common when we're talking about cross-cultural ministry. But in essence, contextualization is whatever ways we adapt ourselves and our presentation of information as cross-cultural missionaries and cultural outsiders to better communicate within a particular context. And this could pertain to the sort of words we use, like if we're working with Muslims, we might say Allah for God or Isa for Jesus. It could be the way that we dress or how we describe our job to our friends. Uh, it could even have to do with the kinds of relationships that we pursue along gender or economic lines and the stories and passages that we begin sharing uh, when we do our evangelism. But in essence, contextualization is just the decisions that we make as cross-cultural workers in a specific context as we try to either adapt or not adapt ourselves and our message in the hopes of shaping how it might be understood and received. And I think it's important that we acknowledge how essential contextualization is to evangelism. It's not only unavoidable, it's absolutely necessary, because if we weren't able to contextualize, how would we explain the ways that the gospel needs to expand and be understood as we make disciples in a changing world? Uh, you know, For example, our ability to think about what scripture teaches us about family in an American context, where families don't look like the multi-generational households that exist in the first century, or our ability to explain the cross and atonement in contexts that have no knowledge of animal sacrifice, or even our ability to understand the role of Christians within a democracy. These are all issues that I think the gospel wants to address, but which would have to be contextualized in at least an American context and probably many others if we want the gospel to be understood, because the world just exists differently than the culture and scripture and that's not a bad thing, but we need to think critically about it and how we communicate around those differences. So the flip side of good contextualization is what we call syncretism. And that's a term that missionaries use to describe those instances when we go too far or maybe not far enough in adapting ourselves and our message. And in this instance, we end up betraying the boundary markers of what is probably purely gospel or the teachings of Jesus. Uh, in a case it's not clear simply from the definitions, it should be pointed out that the line between good contextualization and syncretism is a fairly subjective one. You know, one person's attempt to incarnate themselves within a culture is another person's syncretism. And sometimes when we as missionaries end up trying to preserve, quote unquote, you know, the true message of scripture, we end up actually just retaining things from our own culture that the gospel probably doesn't teach us essential. So let me give another quick review of the relationship between these two things, because this is a complicated topic. And then I just want to give some examples of instances that we've seen at GCMI, some of which we've done, uh, and where we've had to make the judgment call on which type of thing it was. And I want to just ask the question today, is that good contextualization or is that syncretism? So just a few points of clarification. Like we said in the last episode, contextualization does not mean that we are changing the primary message of gospel, but it represents an attempt to communicate it in a particular setting, uh, often where there's expanded application and interpretation of principles from the gospel that need to be wrestled with by new disciples within a culture. 
And to not actively engage in contextualization often means that we don't allow the expansion of the gospel to meet issues that exist differently in the divide between our own culture, our neighbor's culture, and the culture of the writers of scripture. Another way to say that is we're always engaging in contextualization, whether we're doing it actively or not. So let's do it actively. Let's do it thinking critically. You know, the failure of missionaries to think critically about contextualization is one of the reasons it's a reason that Christianity has historically been seen as a foreign intrusion by most cultures rather than a faith relevant to their own people and context. And often this is a primary reason that beliefs and practices, which might actually be antithetical to following Jesus, often continue below the surface in places where Christianity has been, quote unquote, accepted. That's because we as missionaries haven't thought to engage issues other than the ones that were most important to our own culture. Or in some instances, uh, we cut scripture off from challenging things that weren't gospel centric in our own culture. And our neighbors might see and be able to point out, but we're not listening. And finally, sometimes we seek to change things in our neighbor's culture that may make them more like us, but that doesn't necessarily mean that it's necessary for them to better understand and follow Jesus. In all of those instances, we're not engaging in good contextualization. We're engaging in syncretism. So the question we should ask is not, okay, should we contextualize? Because we can't help but do it or not do it. But the question is, how do we do this faithfully? How do we engage issues like idolatry or abusive relationships of power or nationalism in the cultural context where we're working, while at the same time being attentive to how those things probably exist within our own culture as well? And how do we affirm the things about the culture that's hosting us as missionaries uh, that may already align with how God's kingdom looks, but they may also make us uncomfortable and prone to judgment because they look different than our own culture? So that's the question we're wrestling with today. And I want to give a few examples. One of the most frequent areas of cultural distinction that I run into with natives of the Bronx is the role that let's call them cosmic spiritual powers play in the lives of many of my friends. Uh, I did not grow up in a culture that paid much attention to astrology or to divination. So before moving to the Bronx, I, I never really met anyone who seriously practiced these things, who visited a psychic or a medium or, you know, carried totems for good luck or chance and, and thought that they had any real relevance. But now uh, it's not unusual for one of the first questions that I ask when I meet someone to be, Oh, what's your sign? And both these astrological signs and, you know, charms and totems of good fortune, they're high priorities for a lot of my friends. And in this instance, I would argue that it's not good context contextualization to defer back to my culture of origin and deny that these things have any relevancy or meaning and that they're just maybe a silly pastime. A lot of my friends and neighbors feel very seriously that their lives are at the mercy of these larger cosmic forces. And for me to not recognize that or to neglect the fact that this is a pressing issue for them in discipleship, even though it actually is an issue that comes up a lot in scripture, these principalities and powers and elemental forces, if I ignore that and pretend like, oh, there's no need to talk about that, there's no need to think about that, then what I'm really doing is slipping into syncretism with my own culture and brushing aside a concern that scripture might actually want to address in the context that I'm working in now. Let me give a, a second example. And I want to look at the way that the words that we choose, the, the language we use in evangelism can differ depending on the way it might be understood in context. 
So our team works with a lot of different Latino cultures in the Bronx and the other boroughs, but particularly the Bronx. And there's two adaptations we have at times made in presenting ideas from scripture in order to help them be better understood. And the first is the notion of kingdom. You know, given the historical and imperialistic abuses that Latin American peoples have suffered, both from the Spanish and from American missions throughout history, the language kingdom of God has often been wrapped up in the idea of political and cultural domination. So at various times, we've had to ask as missionaries, you know, if while we're using this language, it's misleading people and understanding our actual message. Are there better ways to talk about that same thing in this moment and in this context? And one of the solutions that we have tried in some instances is to talk not about kingdom of God, but family of God. And say things like, that, you know, Jesus is the firstborn, the older brother that we're imitating. And that those of us who choose to follow Jesus, we get adopted into this larger family. And once we're adopted, we start to learn the values and habits that help bring us into better relationship with each other as brothers and sisters. Now, this is all language that's actually in scripture as well. And we're not using it to try to do away with any other concepts or metaphors for understanding what God is up to in the world. Uh, that language is going to have to be dealt with and encountered as we walk through scripture. But in our initial evangelistic interactions, we have to ask the question, what is good contextualization? And if we're using language just because we're comfortable with it, but it's misleading people about what we actually mean, is that good contextualization or is that syncretism? Along these same lines, one of the things that we realized in working in the Bronx is that many of our friends who were born and raised in this borough uh, they have a terrible or no relationship at all with their fathers. Uh, for most of my friends, and I know my teammates could echo this, if they ever knew their father at all, he was angry, he was loose, perhaps he was abusive, often he just abandoned the family. Now, there's a lot to be said for trying to redeem a picture of fatherhood in this community. And that's something that we do work on in the discipleship process with people. But as we're initially explaining the character of God in our evangelistic interactions, in certain communities, mothers generally make a way healthier image than fathers of what God is like. And so the question we need to ask ourselves is, is this good contextualization or is this syncretism? Let me give a final example. Uh, and it, this is one where I think discernment is needed about the role that law plays with our Muslim neighbors. Um, you know, while it's true in the gospel that we are saved by grace rather than our own works, that's absolutely true. Oftentimes, one of the things that I've seen people begin evangelistic interactions in Muslim communities with is something like this. They say, oh, no one can earn God's favor. And anyone who puts their faith in religious laws and religious acts, they don't have true faith. And this is something they're telling Muslim people who have a great concern for following religious regulations correctly. Uh, and I would argue that if we initiate relationships in this way that I just described, on one hand, uh, we're overlooking a natural bridge for the gospel in this culture where law is highly valued. And on the other hand, we're placing too high a value on our own traditional theological interpretations because we're not allowing scripture to function with the full elasticity that it actually has on this topic. And we're not doing that because it makes us uncomfortable and it challenges some of our own uh, hermeneutics, that's probably syncretism. So in this context, I would suggest that maybe instead we begin by saying something like, 
You know, Jesus said in the Injil, which is Arabic for gospel, that he did not come to do away with the law and the prophets, but actually to fulfill them. And in many of Jesus's teachings, he helps us interpret what Allah really wants from the law. He says things like, you know, you've heard it said, do things this way, but I'll tell you a better way to do things. Now, again, it's up to each missionary in their own relationships to work hard enough to understand their context and the values of, of their friends and neighbors to make informed and critical decisions. But the question we need to be asking ourselves whenever we're evaluating the language we use, the stories we tell, where we begin in scripture and what we say is essential or not essential is what is good contextualization and what is syncretism. Now, I want to say again, this is a complex topic and we're not all going to agree on where the line is between good contextualization and syncretism. But my hope is that you care enough about communicating the message of Jesus and the good news about God's kingdom effectively that you think critically about the language you use and the stories you tell to try and adapt yourself and your presentation to best reach the audience that you're intending to reach. And even if we don't agree, I think we can all still hopefully claim each other as coworkers in trying to spread the good news about what God is doing in the world among the nations, especially the nations that live next door. Thank you for joining us today, and we at Global City Mission would love to hear stories from your own work about how you've navigated this subject. So please feel free to comment, share, and subscribe. All of today's content can be found in the book Mosaic, a ministry handbook for a globalizing world, which is available on Amazon. And you can find out more about GCMI at our website, globalcitymission.org, or by visiting us on our Facebook and Twitter.